0: Welcome to the Staying Ageless podcast, a show that will equip you with major keys to achieve extraordinary longevity. This is your girl, Asosa E., also known as Raw Girl. I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about the power of yoga and meditation. To get this longevity party started, I'm going to give you guys some more insights on what research says about some of the benefits of yoga and meditation. And later, we will speak to our amazing, ageless, and fabulous expert for today, Faith Hunter, an international yoga and meditation expert. I am so grateful to have each and every one of you tuning into the show. If today's show inspires you, I'm inviting you to go ahead and subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It means the world to me to get feedback, so any reviews are much appreciated. So I'm sure you guys have noticed over the past maybe 10, even 20 years, yoga practice has exploded globally. I mean, beyond options to join a yoga studio that specializes in different types of yoga practice, you may have also noticed that even local gyms include yoga classes now. So what is so great about yoga? Well, it's a low-impact exercise. It has many benefits for physical fitness, as it does for managing stress throughout your day. I personally find that like other mindfulness exercises like meditation or journaling, practicing yoga has increased my capacity and ability to respond rather than react to stressors throughout my day. Some testimonies of regular practitioners and new research studies continue to point to yoga as a viable option to improve your overall health. Some of these reported benefits include, it detoxifies the organs, different poses and contortions in yoga, actually target specific organs in the body. So you can be doing a pose and improving your digestion, your elimination, and also even detoxification. Yoga practice stimulates and promotes the drainage of our lymphatic system, uh, which is a really important system that carries off the waste from cellular activities. We can also improve flexibility and range of motion with yoga. I think most of us know this. Um, Yoga is a great complement to strength training, running, or other vigorous exercises because often those of us who engage in these strenuous physical activities don't stretch enough. So adding yoga as a staple to your workout regimen can not only improve your flexibility and range of motion, but it can also prevent injury when you're doing other types of activity. You can also increase muscle tone and strength. When you're practicing yoga, your balance is challenged, and in the process, many poses also increase strength in the core, arms, quadriceps, back, and glutes. Another thing that yoga can do is reduce the symptoms of chronic pain. Several studies have shown that yoga can be beneficial for pain relief. A study conducted in 2000 showed that yoga was more effective than traditional treatment in those suffering from carpal tunnel syndrome. Positive results also occurred with patients suffering from osteoarthritis, while non-specific back pain didn't show clear improvements. Yoga can also improve blood circulation and boost your cardiovascular health. Although yoga is not an aerobic exercise, research has proven that regular yoga can improve the regular markers for overall physical fitness. A variety of poses, such as inversions and poses in which blood flow is cut off to areas of the body for short periods of time, can also help to improve your blood circulation. I've experienced this myself, like, it's interesting that when my yoga practice is consistent, all of a sudden I can breathe better while running. Yoga can also promote healing through relaxing and centering of the mind or mental chatter. As our heartbeat slows and we breathe at a slower rate, our blood pressure also drops and the body literally goes into healing mode. When engaging in deep breathing, you activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which reverses the stress response in your body. As the stress response decreases and we focus on our breath and our movements, our thoughts naturally reduce. This breathing through difficult postures keeps our mind more calm and centered and also makes it easier to breathe and respond rather than react to stressful situations in our daily lives. Last but not least, yoga practice can improve anxiety and depression. Numerous studies have shown that yoga is a great intervention for depression or anxiety and has significant results when practice is engaged in regularly for several weeks. Just like any other workout, yoga practice does release the feel-good chemical called endorphins, which improve our mood. Because yoga is a form of mindfulness, it can help us to regularly detach from unsavory thoughts that may keep us in a downward spiral and worsen symptoms of anxiety or depression. So although Western medicine has not yet fully incorporated yoga or other alternative therapies, including Pilates, acupuncture, aromatherapy, etc. There's still been studies conducted that have affirmed that yoga is a healing mechanism that can assist with terminal diseases, psychological issues, depression, anxiety, reducing blood pressure, arthritis, carpal tunnel syndrome, fatigue, cholesterol, maintaining blood sugar levels, insomnia, increasing muscle strength, respiratory endurance, and the list goes on, folks. (laughs) All right, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to speak to our amazing guest. Are you interested in living your best, healthiest life? I'm Asosa E, also known as the Raw Girl of therawgirl.com, and I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach who specializes in helping you discover what exercise and diet is best for your body and get to the root cause and rebalance if you have a serious chronic condition. Clients who've worked with me have reversed diabetes, hypertension, balanced hormonally, gotten rid of acne for good, and lost hundreds of pounds. If you are interested in reaching your health goals with some support this year, visit therawgirl.com to sign up for a 20-minute call with yours truly. Until then, stay healthy and happy. Today's guest is Faith Hunter. She's an international yoga and meditation instructor, wellness philanthropist, movement motivator, healing guide, music head, and spiritually fly theorist. Faith Hunter began her practice of yoga and meditation in the early 90s as a way to cope when her beloved brother Michael was dying from complications related to AIDS. Through mindfulness and personal reflection, Faith was able to release her fears and experience an awakening from within. From that day forward, she committed herself to sharing these practices with the world. Always eager to learn, explore, and share, Faith has been teaching since 2003 and is an inspiring and generous mentor to wellness practitioners of all skill levels. With a BS degree in marketing from Grambling State University and an MBA from Loyola University, Faith is the owner and creator of Embrace Yoga DC, a yoga and wellness center located in Adams Morgan, a multicultural nest of Washington, DC. She's also the architect of Spiritually Fly, a life philosophy that celebrates every moment of life and uses technology of breath, movement, sound, chanting, and music, and stillness in a fresh and modern way to encourage students to live an epic life. Her passionate teaching style is heavily influenced by kundalini yoga, vinyasa, and various forms of meditation. As a creative spirit, Faith is also a writer who has merged her love of poetry and meditation into numerous projects. One of her books is Shades of the Soul, a meditation journal, which was released in April 2018. A favorite choice for mass yoga gatherings, Faith has taught at Yoga at the Great Lawn, the Cherry Blossom Festival in Washington, D.C., multiple Wanderlust events in U.S. and Mexico, the White House Easter Egg Roll, and is an esteemed faculty member for Kripalu and Yogaville. She tours internationally teaching yoga and meditation workshops, teacher trainings, and an assortment of public appearances. Faith is also a media darling, having graced the covers of Yoga Journal twice, Om Yoga and Lifestyle, Origin Magazine, and Sweat Equity. She has also appeared in Essence, Black Enterprise, Washington Post, Women's Health, Shape Magazine, and several publications and numerous blogs. Faith is a yoga expert for Beachbody, where she's one of the key instructors for three-week yoga retreat and has recently launched her own wellness brand, Embrace Home. Here we go. <laughs> Hi, Faith. Thank you so much for joining me today on the show. I'm super excited to talk to you. I've been following you forever, and I think you're the (laughs) bomb.com.
1: Well, I'm um, truly excited to to chat to you today, so thank you.
0: (laughs) You've had a pretty amazing career. It seems like you've been all over the world teaching yoga, meditation. What was the spark that started all of this?
1: Yeah, so for me, oh my gosh, I started practicing yoga early 90s. I don't even remember what year it was, but it was super early. It was before 95, so long time ago. And the, the reason I started practicing really was because my older brother, Michael, had um, he was infected at the time with HIV. He was dealing with oh, wow. complications related to AIDS. And I mean, we had known about this, I mean, since my childhood, I mean, since the 80s. And so he had been diagnosed since like the early 80s. But in the 90s, he had made the personal choice. And I always tell people this, what he was doing, um, he was practicing medicine in L.A. at the time, actually, um, in East L.A. um, at a hospital and and serving um, women of color, um, mostly Hispanic women and basically supporting them. And he was like, you know, I can't do this effectively. So he made the choice to stop taking his meds, um, because they were just really taxing his body because he felt like, you know, this practicing medicine and serving women of color was far more important. Um, Mm. and that was his passion. And he was like, I want to do it effectively for however long I can. And so he made that choice. He stopped taking his meds, <clears throat> and almost maybe a year to two years later, his his diagnosis just became extremely, extremely taxing to his entire body. So he was in the hospital, um, and that's kind of when I decided to start practicing. I mean, he was. Wow. In the hospital full-time, one of my friends was like, let's go to yoga class. And I was like, okay, I don't know what this yoga is about. I just remember Rodney Yee on PBS. That's all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I was like, okay, is, is it going to be like that? Okay, cool. <laughs> and so I went and it was nothing like that. And it was a kundalini yoga class. I don't even think the guy called it. Mm-hmm. Kundalini. He just called it yoga because it was at a gym. And
0: um, I kept going back. Yeah. Wow. That is a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. is quite a lot, and and then tell us a little bit about your spiritually fly philosophy. I think that's one of the things that caught my eye. I was like, "That is so dope! Like, look at this woman, look <laughs> this fabulous woman, and this spiritually fly concept. I love it." Yeah. So,
1: so spiritually fly is kind of like this this constant evolution and birth. <laughs> it's like it keeps evolving and evolving, but it was originally birthed from when I had my first yoga studio, the studio I have now is my second one. So I had a first studio um, in like 2007, I think sometime around there in DC. And some of my students were coming to my Sunday class. I'm from the South, I'm from Louisiana. I just, I I despise organized religion, but I absolutely love spirituality. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And because I feel it, it really keeps me grounded and rooted. And so one of my students one day was just like, You know what? Are what is it? What are you teaching? What is this this experience? And it's so fly. It's so dope. La la la. It's so spiritually rooted. And it's like all these words are popping up. And I was like, Oh man. Okay, maybe this is way more than a a vinyasa class with a little meditation layered on top of it. This this practice is spiritually fly. And so it started out as a class. It shifted over to being. Um, a workshop because people started, you know, people come to DC and then they, they go back to their places and they're like, oh my God, can you bring this to, to Europe? Can you bring this to Atlanta? Can you bring like wherever? And I was like, oh, okay, look, let me see how this looks. And so I started to do a deep dive and just like re-examine like, what am I offering in this class that makes it so unique, makes it so powerful, makes it so transformative. And then from there, it moved to a workshop to a philosophy and the philosophy was a shift sometime around 2010 when I was kind of going through some really intense personal stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I have this, I'm in the process of trying to finish it. Well, I'm finished with the book, but I share this in a, one of my, in my book that I was actually ex- experiencing domestic violence um, oh my god! yeah. It, while at the same time teaching, like talk, talk about a crazy insane life, you know, lo- love keeps us in strange places. Ooh. Um, and the moment that, and you know, a lot of it was a lot of verbal abuse, but the moment that he actually put his hands on me, um, was the day that I was like, Oh hell no. And so yeah. that's, that's what I was like, okay, rise up, get out. And for a year after that, I didn't take any yoga classes with any other teachers. I would just go to my studio, teach, travel, do what I had to do. And it was just like this personal deep dive. What do I need to take care of me?
0: And so
1: from there, it started to evolve into this full on philosophy that is really, really rooted in utilizing the practice of meditation, breath work. You know the asana practice the movement of the body um intentional actions in your everyday life in order to be who you desire to be to live the life that you want um to make personal choices that are that are really rooted um and connected and aligned I think is the most important piece aligned to to your soul so It went from a yoga class to now being this, this, you know, and I, I laugh when people like, Oh my God, that's your brand. And I'm like, okay, really? I wasn't trying to do that, but I guess it just kind of happened. But for me, it really, it is a philosophy.
0: Mm. So it sounds as though, In various instances, you basically used the power of your practice and even teaching others to heal yourself emotionally and physically. Am I on the the right track there? Uh, That's exactly what happened and continues to happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Can you explain for, because I talk to my clients about this all the time. And as someone who is working with people on healing chronic conditions, I'm always fascinated by the subconscious mind, by the spiritual practices that, that need to be involved because we can't heal anything unless we deal with mind, body, spirit. Yeah. But mm-hmm. can you talk to us about how we can actually harness that power? What do we need to do?
1: Yeah. I think the way that I guide my students, it means like you're approaching it from one perspective in terms of like having like individual clients. And I approach it from a very different perspective, utilizing the asana practice, breath work and meditation is like these really key central tools. But mm. within that context, the the main piece is that you have to know yourself um, and you have to look inside. I mean, I think that is the biggest piece. I mean, I've experienced chronic discomfort and pain in my body. Um it's and I, you know what i'm just going to share maybe with your listeners something that that i'm dealing with right now mhm about see 2017 yeah 2017 i suffered a concussion and oh. yeah and the concussion was a result of the trunk of a car hitting me on the crown of my head and so oh that that caused like a lot of confusion and you know really mentally trying to to reset and balance I mean it has taken Since that time, I mean, I would probably at least say it took about a year for me to slowly come out of a fog, which was challenging being a teacher and thinking and processing. And then, you know, same while I was coming out of the fog, just dealing with dizziness and all of that. And so like the final, like last lingering element right now, because, of course, I was utilizing Western medicine at the mm. time, I mean, I was, you know, under the care of a neurologist, which I still am since that time. But then I'm also utilizing the tools of physical therapy and asana work and, you know, really diving into meditation. But right now, when it comes to like this really, really healing power, for me right now, it's really about a mindset because there still is some chronic pains and discomfort on a physical level. and. I know for a fact I would not be where I am in terms of like my recovery if I didn't tap into my mindset and and my mental state and mm. really check in with myself and say, "You know what, Faith, yes, you are using all these tools, but at the end of the day, you've made a personal choice to Decide to heal and to get better, and to you know, that's necessarily push forward. But you know, for me, it's always like, breathe through it, it's temporary, mm. go back to your breath, it's it's only a moment. And it's like, even this morning, I'm like on my yoga mat and I'm like, oh, today's a good day, you know, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> like, move into a pose, and I'm like, oh, snap, you yeah. know, and then I'm like it's temporary exhale it'll be all right you know mm-hmm. it's it's not something that's going to continue for the rest of my life you are in the state of and this is what i'm telling myself faith you are in the state of healing yourself and mm-hmm. you will utilize all the tools that you need not just western medicine you have to utilize the power of thought And all of those ancient technologies. I mean, even from herbal medicine. Um, I mean, I'm curious about my my tinctures and um, my flower remedies, and you know, and just really nurturing myself. You know, with whole foods. You know. Mm
0: Hmm. mm Hmm. Well, there's so many different styles of yoga. Like, how does someone who doesn't know anything about yoga know even where to begin?
1: Yeah, it's you know I.
0: It's really tricky
1: because for me, I practice more than one style. I mean, I started out with one particular style and then I jumped into teaching, into experiencing Hatha Yoga and I started teaching that as well. Mm -hmm. And so what I always tell people if they're new to something and they're like, oh, I want to do yoga, probably one of the, because we are so filled with so much technology and the internet is right at our fingertips, I say, go online that's like mm-hmm. that's their first step I mean and I normally wouldn't tell people to do that you know I was like go to a yoga class you know what but in the time that we're living in right now it's like just go online start to search around and just check out variety of styles like even if right. you just type in the word yoga practices or yoga styles and then kind of like go through the list and experience not only the different styles, but then also experience different teachers within those different realms. Of because each teacher is going to bring something different and they're also going to speak something to your heart. Like not every teacher will tap into my heart space and to my mind space. And I'm like, yes, this is where I need, this is what I needed today.
0: Mm-hmm. It may, and I
1: mean, I always tell even my t- my yoga teachers that I train, is like a lot of it has to do with, you know, coming back to this aspect of healing, it comes back to sound current. Mm. Like each of us carry a very powerful sound current in our voice. And so when we hear a particular teacher say something, right, the tone and quality and the current of their voice will either resonate with you or not. And if it doesn't Mm -hmm. resonate with you, it's okay. Just go to another teacher, practice another style, and then you'll find your jam.
0: Hmm. That's great advice. Um, What about meditation? What are some of the benefits of it? I have seen you have like these awesome meditations. Um, (laughs) I've seen them on YouTube. Um, Where did you where did you begin with meditation? What are some of the benefits? Yeah. So
1: actually my meditation practice started at the same time that, that my yoga practice, my asana practice started. Um, so okay. they, they happen simultaneously. And the fascinating part is that I realized, you know, years later that I was meditating way before I realized I was meditating um, because mm. I've always been one to just, you know, even when I was a young kid, um, just a child, I would like just go out in the woods um, right next to our house. We had these like little patches of like tiny woods and just kind of sit and chill or, you know, go in our backyard or front yard because we had tons of grass and just kind of like lay there and just be. And that was meditation. I mean, and then I didn't know it at the time, but the overall benefits, you know, when you look at it's like, it really supports your nervous system and the nervous system is connected to you everything, right? Yeah, It it supports every aspect of who we are. Um, I mean, from us being able to deal and manage with stress, um, to navigate, you know, all of the challenges and situations that are happening in our lives. And, you know, I always find that the other thing that it, on a spiritual level, brings me back to to my God, you know my 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 connection to self, my my divine um, alignment, and it doesn't matter if it's five minutes, before, you know, right after the alarm goes off in bed, and I just like allow myself to be there, or I'm crafting out this very specific time where I'm jumping on my meditation seat. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to provide me exactly what I need in that moment. It's it's this very nurturing, very loving um, hand, I would say, that's, that's always available to us.
0: Mm. And this, it, it sounds as if, I mean, not only is it able to calm us down and, and, and those who listen to me know I always talk about the fact that our body can't heal unless we're in um, parasympathetic mode, which, are, mm. which is like that rest and relax, like we literally can't heal. Right. <laughs> So obviously it brings us to that space, but then the, the knowing the deeper knowledge of ourself, does that require more than just me showing up to a class and doing the poses and me sitting down and meditating? Or do you feel like that that just comes by default?
1: You know what? It's, it happens in the class or it can happen in the class and it can happen in your meditation seat, but it's all intentional. You know, it's like you can show up to a yoga class and just go through the motions. Yeah, you'll have some benefit. You'll receive some level of benefit, but there's not going to be this deep well of knowing thyself. Mm. That has to be on purpose. Um, That has to be an intentional mindset of saying, you know what? I am moving through this, these movements with openness to receive what shows up. I am offering myself at this moment on my meditation seat to be this vessel, to connect. Um, It's all intentional.
0: Mm, mm, mm. I think that a lot of people struggle also with this idea that, um, that being quote unquote spiritual or being into like mind-body practices also kind of means that you're going to be happy all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it sounds like you've gone through some really intense moments. Um, What would you say to that? Like, how do we navigate that that kind of false idea? Yeah, it's, um, and when you
1: said it, I just like had to chuckle as I'm sitting here. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's, the thing that I say is that you know we have these practices for a really, really good reason. and it's mm. it's not so that we can be happy all the time. It's, <laughs> it, I mean, it would be great if that's what it brought me, but not. Um what it does is help me helps me to navigate when I am in the hole. Um, mm. Or I'm going down this crazy insane rocky road and I don't know what's gonna happen right in that level of mm. uncertainty and it creates this level of trust and belief mm. that yes, I am going to get better. I am going to be in this on the other side of this pain and suffering um because you know life is is about balance i mean we wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to enjoy the beauty and the light and 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 the all of the happy times and the joyous times if that's what we were all the time right in in every single moment we experience those challenging moments we experience the the depths of the sadness and then when we come out we're like oh my god yes there's mm. hope there's, there's something better on that other side. So, yeah.
0: No, that makes (laughs) sense. That makes sense. (laughs) Um, I think a lot of, I think there's more representation now of people of color in like the yoga mind body space, but there really aren't that many, which is part of why I was just like, I remember when I first started following you and I was like, this woman is amazing. And there needs to be like 20 of her. Um, What do you say to, I think that there's also a disconnect because I think that there are a lot of African-Americans who feel like yoga is something completely foreign. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you say to clients who are exploring it for the first time and they feel like this is not something that, you know, I should be into?
1: Yeah, it's really fascinating because I remember when I started practicing, my mom, she was like, oh, yeah, well, what, whatever, you practice yoga. Um, and then it hit her when I was like, I'm going to become a yoga teacher. She's like, what? That's not a job. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I don't know if it's a job or not, but I, I'm going to do it, or, you know. And, you know, she had this, this belief around the fact that me practicing yoga was going to, because she is very religious, and that it was going to pull me away from God. Um, And, you know, and I had to like really sit. And I think a lot of, you know, people of color and specifically African-Americans that have seen this practice and, you know, they're seeing, you know, skinny, white, blonde women, you know, practicing this and then, you know, or they see something on TV, you know, and this is like a bunch of hippies, you know, blah, 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 practicing yoga. Yeah. That belief is in their head. And so they're create, you know, they've layered this perception on top of it that, oh, if they're practicing that, it's not for us because it's not within our spiritual realm. Right mm. or, or in this religious element, so it must be bad and must be evil, um, mm. and you know. Then you add on, say for there's a whole nother category of people um, within our community that are like, oh, well, you know, I don't need to do that. I I can't stretch anyway. You know, this yoga thing is <laughs> all about stretching. you know, and it's so. So you have like these two. I always like these. These two different camps within our community um, yeah. that, that are attached to it, and so it's really for me. I've tried to make this big effort to demystify some of those beliefs. Um, and yeah. in my initial kind of attack of demystifying actually it showed up with my mom. And you know, when when I told her that. I was also really deep into meditating, you know, then she was like, oh my God, faith's becoming Buddhist, you know, um, and this is still, <laughs> this is still early on because uh, my meditation practice, I started studying different forms of meditation and that's when she kind of like, oh, right. Right. but part of it is like really demystifying, disconnecting those beliefs and really as African-American women, we have to, and I think a lot of us are doing this, we have to create the table. Mm. For me, I have been very lucky um, and blessed when you know, when I started teaching, there weren't many of us. Um, I was fortunate enough, and I always believe that you know my path, um, maybe I shouldn't have said lucky, but I think my path led me down the road where... I became one of those faces within the yoga community that was a woman of color. And yeah. there was a seat for me and a seat was made for me because there was a quota that needed to be
0: made. <laughs>
1: right. And, you know, I, I and I'm very honest about, you know, and very clear that, you know, yeah, they, you know, at some point Yoga Journal needed a person of color to be on the cover. And, and yeah. you know, they needed a dark skinned woman to show up. Um, right. and, I, and I was there at the time and they said, okay, but now I think what we have to do as, as women of color, we have to create the table. And so, no. you know, after appearing on the cover of yoga journal, I mean, literally, it was 10 years ago. Um, mm. It was two, yeah. 2010 when I was on the cover, wow. actually this month, May, um, Wow. Now I'm just like, going, whoa, that was a long time ago. Um, (laughs) But from that moment, like after it happened and, you know, I'm doing that, I'm like, oh, man, no, this is this is bigger. I have to create a table. And so that's been my push over even though i haven't like fully verbalized it or i haven't expressed it in ways that many people may have thought that i should i've just been doing what i had to do it wasn't about anything else and so from creating my yoga studio to ensuring that there's yoga teacher training programs happening that are being taught by people and guided by a woman of color has been my major mm. push because i know if i am offering a yoga teacher training program and it doesn't matter if i have 10 people in my yoga teacher training program, or if I have 30 people in my yoga teacher training program, the majority of them will be people of color regardless. And right. so because they're showing up for me and I, I'm gonna make sure that I'm giving them something of quality so that they can go out and share this practice. Mm. Kind of what I'm doing right now is that I'm taking it a little bit further. Um, it's fascinating that we're having this conversation today because tomorrow I'm making an announcement that I am creating, creating another table. I am bringing because we are in quarantine and everyone's been doing live streaming. You're you're kind of like one of the first people to know, but I've crafted Embrace Om, which is an extension Mm. of my yoga studio. And it's an online platform where it's not only about offering live stream classes, but we're going to have on demand. We're going to have eBooks, we're going to have workshops. And the, the premise is that I, as an African-American woman, am creating this table, creating this opportunity so that more of us, regardless of who we are, I mean, even if it's, you know, a gay man that needs to show up and speak his truth, that mm. platform is there for him to to be able to do that. Um, and so, yeah, it's- That is awesome. My charge is to continue to create spaces, to tables so that- we can be seen, be heard, and not just relying on someone else to
0: to create that for us. So powerful. Will the classes on Embrace Om be taught by you or and other practitioners as well? Yeah,
1: it'll be taught by myself and some of the yoga teachers at my studio. I mean wow cool. the diverse when i say the oh my god the crazy diversity of my studio like i sometimes i'm uh-huh. like i get chills like i'm surrounded by so many amazing powerful beings um, mm. that are representative of so many communities that aren't represented within mm. the yoga and meditation scene and so and they are right here in dc but mm. i'm not only partnering. And of course, they're teachers at my studio, but I'm also partnering and collaborating with people from all over the world. Um, every place uh, New York, Canada, like I'm reaching out and we're collaborating with people everywhere.
0: So amazing. Um, one last question. Yeah. You strike me as someone who definitely kind of fits the epitome of staying ageless. Like I can't really exactly put my finger, like I could guess from what you're saying. <laughs> I know black on crack, but I know that your, your, your spiritual practice probably has something to do with it. What other things are you doing in a nutshell <laughs> to stay so young and fabulous yes. and spiritually fly? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, yes, black don't crack. Um, and, and you know, and I, I'll tell people, I'm 49 years old.
0: Um, oh
1: my god! You know, I, like, I will be 50 what? in a few months, and I'm I'm blown away. Sometimes, sometimes. Sorry, I'm, find me up. I'm like, sometimes I'm reminded when I get out of bed. I'm like, oh yeah, that body. Yeah. And then other days, like today, like today was a good day. I got out. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yes. That is amazing. Um, but that is no, incredible. For me, it's it's a little bit of everything. I mean, definitely mm. lifestyle. And, and, you know, I'm saying lifestyle, not just like, hey, as soon as you can, get on a yoga mat, get in your meditation seat, practice breath work. Yes, it will impact your overall health and well-being and longevity, mm. regardless yeah. of when you start. But I started my healthy lifestyle when i was a teenager mm. i was a dancer as a kid and really really young i started when i was five dancing so i've always been in my physical body and mm. when i was about 14 years old i became a vegetarian by choice and that was
0: mm. it was hard in the 80s man yeah in Louisiana in a family that. I mean- I can only imagine. I started. I started when I was 13, and that was in the 90s, and that was hard. <laughs> yeah. So you know, you know what I'm saying. So it's like, so yeah. I started that lifestyle
1: shift um, okay. when I was really young. That has carried on. I mean, there have been times where I've I've gone back and forth, um, depending on where I am, to being a pescatarian. But it, I've always come back to my vegan or vegetarian roots um, in, in childhood from childhood. But then I layered, you know, then I, in my twenties, I started practicing yoga and meditation. So mm-hmm. then, you know, from there, it's just been like discovering all of these other ways to to support and heal my body and to really stay young and vibrant. And again, I don't know, you know, we started this conversation out with mindset. It's like, there's so many ways that you can tap into your mental space and the mind can heal you.
0: Love it. Where can people find you online and where can they sign up for Embrace Om? Sure. So, um people can
1: find me online. My my website is faithhunter.com and embraceom.com. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Honored. Honored.
0: Time to take some questions from Instagram and email. Remember, if you'd like to have your question answered on the show, all you got to do is send me a DM, slide up in my DMs, respond to the call for questions on my profile at The Raw Girl, or contact me via my website, TheRawGirl.com. The first question is from Sandra via email. I'm interested in starting with meditation and I don't know where to begin, and I'm worried that it may conflict with my religion. Any tips? Hi, Sandra. Thanks so much for reaching out. This is a really great question. I guess I can tell you a little bit about my story, and maybe that can help you. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and when I started meditating many years ago, my preacher parents and many church folk would look at me sideways whenever I mentioned that I was meditating. (laughs) Here's the thing. Meditation can simply be sitting in silence, and that's what I do and have done for years. I literally sit and breathe deeply for about 20 to 30 minutes. Where it can get into a little gray is when you start incorporating things like mantras, which may be tied to religious practices other than your own. So for you, if you're concerned about that, then I recommend that you try sitting in silence, going for meditative walks, or even doing guided meditations. You listen to someone else's voice, and they help guide you through breathing exercises and stillness. None of these things should conflict with your religion, and they can offer many health benefits. I really hope they can help you, sis. All right, it's time to close out the show. Hopefully this show has inspired you to consider adding some form of mindfulness practice to your regimen. Yoga and meditation are just two powerful ones that can be free. All you need is a mat, a place to sit still, and you can begin now, even in lockdown. Remember, these practices don't only help us connect our mind and body. They can also help us weather the inevitable storms of life and stay present and resilient. If you are someone who feels like you're more often at the mercy of your day, I challenge you to try yoga or meditation for two weeks and see if you notice any shifts in your emotions and reactions. In the words of Rolf Gates, yoga is not a workout, it's a work in. And this is the point of spiritual practice, to make us teachable, to open up our hearts, and focus our awareness so that we can know what we already know and be who we already are. I hope this week you find some time to work in, in whatever way works for you. Well, that's all for today, sis. If you're looking for more health tips or you have a question for the show, find me on Instagram at The Raw Girl. You can also find me and contact me through my website, TheRawGirl.com. For more about the show, to subscribe, and listen to past episodes, visit StayingAgelessShow.com.